How's it going? This is Braden from Noble Sports Guys. Today, I'm privileged to have a special guest, Lofa Tatupu. How's it going, Lofa? Braden, my man, I am doing very well. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. Like, this is a dream come true. When I set out to make this podcast, one of my big goals when I started last January was to get you on. So I've achieved that goal. <laughs> yeah, well, right on, man. And I, I appreciate you and what you're doing, man. Uh, I've been keeping tabs and um, it's awesome, man. So keep going, man. I appreciate it. So let's just dive into it really quick. Uh, there's a lot of news out of Seattle with Russell getting traded and Bobby Wagner uh, getting released. What are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I guess we'll take them one at a time, right? Uh, you're Russell. I've got, I've got a podcast of my own, as you know, uh, we appreciate the support from you, brother. And uh, I I've stated, you know, for a long time and my, my, my co-host has also stated probably for about a year and a half now that he anticipates a breakup coming uh, sooner rather than later. And I said it wasn't going to happen after the 12 and four season. I thought that was too, you know, quick of a, a rush to judgment to say, oh, let's just blow it up. But then after the rough year that we're not used to having, neither is John and Pete, um, I, I, I knew that there was going to be some rumblings and probably an opportunity or an offer that was too good to pass up. Uh, it, it looks like that's what they got. And I think, you know, in knowing that he was going to be, he's got two years left on his contract. You're going to have to make a decision, a long, another long-term commitment, whether it's this year or next year to extend him by, by two or three years. And then you look, Aaron Rodgers just got a large sum of money that, you know, Russell's going to point to, because I think, you know, with his salary coming down and I say coming down <laughs> relatively uh, to like 23 or 24 this year, um, that's almost half of what, is anticipated to go to, to Rogers on a per yearly basis. So, um, you know, I'd expect to see him and want a new contract. If not this year, then definitely next year with, uh, with Denver, but it's just, um, it's, it's tough to stomach. Right. I think I speak for all Seahawk fans who man, watched Russell come into this, uh, you know, into the NFL as a third round pick when somebody was already paid to, to play his position very well, uh, supplant him as the starter for the year as a rookie, go to the Pro Bowl, go far into the playoffs, followed up with, you know, two Super Bowl runs, one, one a win and, you know, one unfortunately a loss. But, you know, that's not a guy that's easily found, even though he was a third-round pick. And that's not a guy you want to let just get away. And so I can imagine how tough it was for everybody in that building today. But. I say all that to say this. I'm seeing a lot more people saddened by the news of Bobby Wagner leaving. And um, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little more saddened by this because Bobby's been the consummate professional. Not, not that Russ hasn't. He's been he's been amazing. But, um, you know, both outstanding leaders, uh, football players and even better men off the field. But, you know, I. I maybe it's that I got to coach Bobby for two years. You know, it was much in the terms or in the line of having a uh, uh, having to say goodbye to KJ Wright. I mean, two of the greatest that ever put on that uniform. And um, so it's, it's just, oh man, like, I guess like the saying goes, especially in Seattle, when it rains, it pours. Um, and it definitely, yeah. it definitely did the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was tough. And my media group, they kept sending me messages. I didn't even know Russ got traded until someone said, guys oh no I'm like what what's oh no what are you talking about what just happened 
and then they sent me the screenshot I'm like you're kidding me like it's yeah. hard to find I, and I felt the same way so I, I've been following Seattle for a long time and for my viewers who don't know this my grandpa's from the Washington area and at a young age told me I'm a Seahawks fan and even at 94 years old still roots for Seattle so he, he goes strong <laughs> <laughs> right on so uh, when Matt Hasselback left, I kind of had that feeling too, that gut, that gut feeling like this is our guy, like how are we going to rebuild from Russ? And I mean, Tiberius Jackson wasn't horrible, but he also wasn't a superstar. So, and then we got Russ and then it's been a beautiful 10 years. So well, Yeah, absolutely. See, there is, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, believe it or not. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's similar because the year that me and Hasselback both left, it was kind of the same in 2011. 11, it was tw- it was tough, you know, or yeah, 2011 was tough. And then the next year, um, Russ and Bobby came along and, and everybody forgot about me and Hasselback. Well, me anyways, but not Hasselback. <laughs> and it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, man. But because I think the hardest part about this one, though, is that, you know, these guys brought us our first ring, man, our only ring, our only Super Bowl championship, you know? And so I think, you know, they're forever tied to the city. I mean, I think that was a tough part for, for Russell. I know um, in wanting to, you know, further his legacy, um, I think the hardest part was to, to leave Seattle. And you saw that. And it was kind of tricky in, in how they had to, his his agent and the group had to talk about it. But um you know, I think there's, there's a lot of respect and love that, you know, we all have for him and uh, and what he's done. And the same goes for Bobby, man. You know, probably even more so with Bobby. Um, I mean, I think, you know, he's got almost every record there is, you know, for a linebacker or even a defensive player. Um, he's up there on the Mount Rushmore of Seahawks, you know. Um, it's debatable for everybody who's got, you know, I got a couple more defensive guys on there than, than most people would have, but – um, he's up there for me for sure. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tough day, but like I said, Pete and John have been in, they were, they were at this turning point back in 2011 when, when Matt, Matthew and I left uh, the Hawks and, and they found some great players, man. They found some hall of famers. Now, can they do that again? I, it's not going to be easy, but I think they have the draft capital now and they also have the salary cap room to, to make, the most of it and you know they've done it these are the architects of the legion of boom of you know kj bobby and that front seven michael bennett cliff averill you know all these guys that are you know forever loved by the seattle uh the, by seattle man it's you know the guys that built it are still here so uh, i'm i'm optimistic that they'll make something happen i agree i i and I mean, I like Malik Wilson, I, Willis. I think he's – he's. I don't know. Obviously, he's a small cor- small col- college quarterback, so it's always a gamble, but I like watching him play at Liberty. I mean, yeah. it'll, it'll be exciting to see if they actually decide to take him. But I've also seen rumbles and rumors that they take Lloyd at number nine, and Lloyd would – I mean, that would be a scary linebacker core. I think Cody Barton stepped up this season, and so did Jordan Brooks, so – yeah. Well, you know, and I think I think the biggest thing that we can take from from Bobby and, and Russ is that they weren't first rounders. So I don't think you have to go, you know, 
in the first round and go all out and say, oh, well, we need a first round to replace both of these because it's a crapshoot in the first round, you know, just like it's you, you don't know what you're getting, you know, in the later rounds either. But um, I, a lot of good football players tend to fall to rounds two and four because they either don't meet the eye test or, you know, some things that um, it just it doesn't make sense. Like, but when at the end of the day, you got to play football because, I mean, Russell Wilson was passed over for three rounds because of his height. And, yeah. and you know, and um, I, I'd have to go back to find out the, the scouting report on Bobby. But, I, you know, I don't think there was any, many knocks on him. He was about six feet as well. So that um, could be the reason he didn't go first round. But he ran a 4-4. He had all the intangibles that you want. But what like I'm saying is they weren't first round picks. And I think that's where a lot of people, um, you know, even had we not traded for first round picks, I, I still had confidence that we could have found because a lot goes into to, to someone's career. Now I'll never take away the hard work that they put in. Um, that's ultimately what determines your success. And we're talking about two future hall of famers, no doubt in my mind right here in Russell and Bobby. Um, but to, to be able to build a team around them, which we were able to do early on in their careers because we weren't cap-stricken, you know, with big contracts. And so, um, you know, I think we're going to get back to that. And that's where you can really – you have, like like we had when they were first drafted, you have like a six- to seven-year window before people get old, hit free agency. Of you can We could get back to just absolutely dominating football. Now, it's not going to be easy, you know. All the pieces had to fall in place over three drafts. That 2010 draft when I was here was loaded with talent. Um, Russell Ocum, pro bowler. Uh, Earl Thomas, you know, uh, Hall of Famer in my book. Second round, Golden Tate, pro bowler. Um, let's see, you go to the fifth round, Cam Chancellor, pro bowler. Uh, if he didn't get hurt, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, and then I'm trying to think, was there one more? There are a couple other guys in that class too that aren't coming to mind right now, but that were contributors. You go to the next one, right? Um, you get Sherm. I think in the first round, we got Carp, who was a, a starter at O-Tackle. Um, there, Malcolm Smith, Super Bowl MVP. K.J. Wright. I, you know, I should have said that one first. <laughs> <laughs> and then even the, and then the 12, which is arguably the, the best because, uh, you know, Bruce Irvin, first round, um, who's insanely productive over his career. And then you go to Bobby and Russell, back-to-back picks in, 12, in, in second round and third round. You, you land two Hall of Famers in, in one draft. And I think that's mainly due to their incredible talent and unrivaled work ethic, but then also because of the pieces we were allowed to put around them for, for their, you know, early years in the league. And, um, and then, and then they've, they've carried the organization the last several years as – as the Legion of Boom, unfortunately, got a little older, injuries, um, and then, you know, free agency hit. Um, we lost Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, Brandon Meebane, some of the guys up front. You know, the one constant was always uh, Bobby and KJ over there on defense, and then on offense, it was Russ. So, um, and, and, and then Russ was doing it. The run game's been, been good when it's there, when Chris Carson's healthy, when uh, Penny's healthy. But we really haven't had a guy that's that's been there for a full season, you know, start to finish, especially the playoffs when we need it the most, since Marshawn. And so, um, you know, it's um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I think if we, we can go back and we can build a top defense like we had, uh, which 
2012 to 15, 16, it was the greatest defense the NFL's ever seen. Led the league four years in a row in scoring. Never happened before. Um, I just that kind of consistency. I mean, it just you know it points to all those guys, but especially the man in the middle and Bobby Wagner. Yeah, I mean the guy in the middle is where it, I, I've always said the middle linebacker is. You if you don't have a good one, your team struggle. They are the quarterback of the defense. Like, and my mom asked me. She she tries to follow football more so for my sake. <laughs> she's like, why did they cut Bobby? I'm like trying to explain it to her. And she's like, that just doesn't make sense. I was like, oh, I know. It, it doesn't. But I mean, it when it rains, it pours. I think it's, it's going to be hard to find a replacement. I don't even think you can replace a guy like Bobby. Oh, no, it's going to take, an, you know, an army. It's going to take everybody that, you know, like several guys, um, you know, around that middle linebacking position. I know Brooks looks great, um, but, you know, there's just a couple things he's got to shore up in his game, you know, coverage being one of them, but the way he attacks and the way, you know, you know, he, he, he comes downhill with bad intentions, man, you got to love watching Brooks play, but, but yeah, it's, um, you know, I can't really, I, you know, I'm not in the building, so I don't know why they released Bobby. I know um, he's getting older is he showing signs? Not that's obvious. It's not, you know, I think just the only games that were kind of tough to watch were when we were on the field for 80 plays. And I don't, you know, I don't really think that that was him, you know? And so, uh, but I know we carried a large cap number. And so to reduce that, um, it was either make a trade, which I want to believe that they didn't seek a trade out of respect to him and they, they released him so that he can get a head start on free agency. And I'm still, you know, I'm hopeful that the door's still open. I know it will be on the Seahawks side, but, you know, sometimes as a player, you can feel like, all right, well, you know, I'm not wanted there. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going back, you know, regardless of the terms. But, um, you know, see what happens, uh, see, see what offers he gets. I know he's going to – I already saw <laughs> – I already saw all three teams in the a NFC West uh, are interested in him. It's just they're talking about price right now. So, I mean, we will, for a fact, probably see Bobby again, unfortunately, on the other side. But, uh, but yeah, man, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like I said, I'm holding out hope that that it um, he comes back in a good deal because I, I really thought a restructuring was going to happen. So did I. I mean, and he seems to be like one of those guys that, Yes, I understand it is a business and this is their job, but he I felt like he thrived in Seattle. He really loved the city, just hearing what he talked about. So I, I hope he re-signs a, a more team-friendly contract and those young guys, Cody Bart and Jordan Brooks, continue to grow under his leadership. But I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hey, man, I mean, regardless, like a year, and they got one, they got two years with Bobby and they had a year with KJ – that's that's more than enough time to see how it's done the right way. And so uh, no pun intended with KJ, but also with Bobby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, man. So, um, you know, look forward to seeing the development of these these young linebackers, Cody and Brooks and, and the rest of them. But um, but yeah, man, I mean, they got to share a room with a Hall of Famer and then another all pro. So it's uh, you can't ask for more than that when you're coming into the league as, as a rookie or a second year guy. To, to get that kind of knowledge, that kind of, you know, front row seat to how it's done. Yeah. So 
we'll shift gears a little bit. Uh, my media group, like I said, uh, they were asking me questions today because I think they were just as excited about this interview as I was. And this is for Chaz. He uh, he wanted me to ask you, he's like, what was it like playing with Sean Alexander? Uh, I, a guy I think that should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame yet, but what he's was it not, like playing with him? He's not in the Hall of Fame and he deserves to be. And he's not in the Ring of Honor, which is even more of a shame. Um, you know, so I'm hoping to see him, the the only NFL MVP we've ever had. Um, I'm hoping he gets that Ring of Honor call soon. But um, it was incredible, man. I mean, you know, it was one of the guys that you play NCAA football with or Madden with. And then next thing you know, your teammates with, right? Um, and I mean, you're used to watching all his highlights when he was at Bama. And then now you're practicing a guy against the guy, you know, and then playing, suiting up, playing games with him. And, um, you know, it was incredible to watch, you know, him and that offensive line go to work, man. It, it I, I, you feel bad for, I mean, I actually didn't feel bad for the opponents because they only had to do it once a year. We had to put pads on three times a week with Holmgren. And, and man, you, you felt it every time. Walter Jones, Hutch, Toback, Chris Gray, and uh, Sean Locklear, you know, were running that ball with, with, with Max Strong and Sean behind him, man. It was, it was wild, dude. It was it was tough sledding. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could imagine that line alone. I mean, I guess I've, I've said I bet Russ would kill to just have Walter Jones on the line. Walter Jones is was one of those studs. He made the offensive line look like a good-looking position, which you don't hear that very often. Yeah, right. He, Walt, Walt made off- offensive line sexy. He brought sexy to the offensive line. <laughs> I agree. And some of his numbers are ridiculous, like the amount of – holding calls he had in his career I'm like I can't even fathom that like you think yeah. of today's game players get that in the season and he didn't do he did that in his career so oh yeah no and and then you know um as as Matthew would I mean as uh Walt would tell you most of the sacks he gave up was was Matthew's fault you gotta get rid of the ball <laughs> <laughs> but no man I mean there was no shortage of stars and you know that we got to play with and and yeah Walt I think um the only time I watched him, you know, really get beat for a sack was um, DeMarcus Ware and Osi Yumanyora. They each got one on him, and uh, no one knew it. I mean, we did, but Walt had like a, a high ankle sprain that he was dealing with, but he was still out there, you know, shutting everybody down. But he gave up two sacks one year to those guys. And, and you know, DeMarcus is going to be a Hall of Famer, and Osi is going to be up there too. So um, that's, those, yeah. that's good company. So no scrubs at all. I would love to see him go against Aaron Donald. I think that would be oh, like, man. like Walter Jones in his prime and Aaron Donald. I feel like that would be a really good matchup to watch. If they could do a simulation. Yeah. I want to see, yeah, that. And I want to see Aaron Donald versus Larry Allen. Yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome That'd to be see. So you said you were one of the forgotten people. I promise you I remembered you. Like, I, like I've said in multiple different uh, – posts on TikTok and to my fans and people that know me. Uh, the whole reason I picked to play middle linebacker in peewee football in high school in the Jersey 51 was because of you. So I, I remembered I enjoyed watching your style of play. Like, it, oh, and Thanks, bro. It, like, <laughs> it, was, it was amazing just watching you play. And even now, right before I hopped on this interview with you, I was watching uh, NFL highlights of you. And it just seeing your play style, I'm like, this is why – I played linebacker. I didn't play a ton of time. I only played one season of high school ball before 
I, I suffered two concussions and a broken hand, and I kind of decided uh, I, I love football, but I'd yeah. rather not have CTE or other issues in the future. I hear you, so. man. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I I didn't play. What's it saying? Uh, I wasn't here for a long time. I was here for a good time. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I did it my way. I had fun. I played a little reckless uh, with, with my health, I'll say. And uh, it was uh, – but that's, that was my style, like you said. I mean, I think, you know, that's what that's what maybe uh, people rooted for in an undersized dog like me that, uh, you know, a guy that just throws it in there and goes all out, man. Yeah, you you left it all on the field, literally. So, yeah, and, sure. <laughs> yeah, and it like even watching highlights, I'm like, I remember these days. Like, it was it was awesome to have you, and then kind of have Bobby right after come in, and I mean, like j- we've been lucky for a long time to have really solid middle linebackers. Uh, yeah. Appreciate that, brother. Appreciate that. So, one of my questions I have for you, I know where you've got to get going soon. But you were a part of the Beast Quake, weren't you on that team? I'm a very little part of it. I was actually speaking of concussions. I was knocked out, but I mean, I was, <laughs> I was on my feet, but I, I had just gotten taken off the. That was the punt. Like there was a check down. Me and Julius Jones go head to head. We both just fall down, like collapse immediately. The trainers come out and get both of us. His trainers get him. My trainers get me. That was my last play in Seattle. Um, and, and then I'm on the sideline and I hear the noise and I, you know, I look up and all I catch is Marshawn jumping across the end zone back, you know, backwards, grabbing his junk. And, <laughs> and so I look over the trainer and uh, I go, what is going on? He goes, he goes, I think Marshawn just won the game for us. And I was like, all right, cool. I knew I was at a game. I knew we were in the playoffs. But, yeah, I didn't remember how I got there. It was, uh, you know, it was one, one of my last concussion, uh, thank God. And, uh, but, yeah, you know, I, I went out I went out uh, with a warrior's death, man, uh, on my shield. They, they had to carry me off, literally. <laughs> that, that's amazing. So one more question I got for you. What was your most memorable play as a Seahawk? Um, hmm. If you could pick one play that was, was like your absolute favorite or your most memorable, what would you say that play was? The one that I get talked about the most is probably the hit in the NFC Championship game The on the sideline. Me and Nick Goings went head-to-head, and um, – you know, we both pretty much got knocked out, but I got back to my feet and I finished the game. Um, that one, I mean, I got people still coming up to me say, I still remember that hit in the championship game. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad you do because I don't. But um, <laughs> but then other than that, the Philly games get brought up. And and a lot of people bring up the um, the Monday night one when we beat them 42 nothing, my rookie year. And I, I intercepted that that stick route, and I went and I, I hit the bags, Ken Norton Jr. style. That's uh, that's probably the most memorable one because my defensive coordinator at the time was John Marshall, and uh, John Marshall he actually he just recently passed away. Um, you know this, uh, I think it's been three months now. Um, yeah, last December, and um, and he he came to me before the pregame, and he said, hey, he goes, uh, you know 
you said you were going to score one of these days, you know, like, I mean, season's almost over. Cause I think it was like week 11 or 12 of the season. And uh, I go, you know what? I go, John, I am scoring today. And then I go, and then get ready, you know, have your popcorn ready. <laughs> Cause I'm going to do a celebration that you're familiar with. And uh, cause he, of course he coached, he coached Ken Norton jr. In San Fran. And so um I caught the interception and I was like, just talking to myself, like, do not get caught. Do not get caught. It was only 38 yards. So I was praying I didn't get caught by the quarterback. I got across the goal line. I spiked the ball. And then I started doing, throwing the hooks to the, the punching bag, which was Ken Norton's celebration, paying homage to his dad, the heavyweight champ. And then it was, you know, my way of, um, you know, paying honor to, to Kenny Norton, who coached me in college. And then my last year in the NFL, um, and, and it all came first full circle because John Marshall coached, you know, both of us. That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember that. And I, I remember vividly, like after you guys blew them out, you were doing the, the Seahawk, like you were flapping your arms. And I remember taking that newspaper. Cause I was, I was young. I was probably like 11 or 12. Oh, I, nice. I, hanging it up in my room. <laughs> awesome, so, brother. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, like I said, this is a dream come true, being able to talk to you and get to talk a little bit about Seattle. So thank you so much. Uh, before we go, is there anyone you'd like to shout out? Um, No, not, I want to shout you out, man. Braden, I appreciate you. Uh, I know you bought a hoodie to support Simply Seattle. Um, you know, and in return, man, I, I support whatever whatever cause you've got going on. It means a lot, man, that, that, that people care. Um, you know, that listen to your show. And so, um, you know, thank you very much. And uh, like I said, love what you're doing, especially uh, putting the spotlight on women's short, women's sports. And uh, it's, um, it's meaning and impactful. And, um, you know, keep going with it, brother. We got to get you up to a Seattle Majestic game this season. They are the oh, okay. Women's National Football Conference team up in Seattle. And they're actually going to be down here in Vegas in April playing our Vegas team. So I'll be at that game. So, Oh, okay. uh, they, oh, yeah. uh, we have to make one one of these days, man. Yeah, they, they're a lot of fun to watch. Anyone who says women football is boring needs to watch these ladies because freak. No. They hit hard. There are some of them that I'm like, I don't even want to go up against them. They'd lay me out. No, I agree, man. Women are way tougher than men. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Again, thank you. And I really appreciate that donation, too, that went to uh, a women's shelter that helps with uh, foster kids and with adoption. So that it went a long way. They, they were super appreciative of it. And the, the football player that got me involved with them was super excited. She told all the kids that she worked with and they like freaked out. They're like an NFL all pro donated to us. Like it, it was amazing. So right on brother, man. It means a lot to me. Thanks bro. Thanks for sharing. All right. Well, you have a, a great night and if you don't already go follow their podcast, believe in Seahawks. It's an awesome podcast. And seriously, go buy some hoodies from Simply Seattle. I have like four or five in my house. So they're <laughs> the most comfortable hoodies around. <laughs> Brandon, my man, thank you for having me. Stay blessed. And, um, you know, we got to do this again sometime, brother. Yeah, for sure. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Later.